What's happening? Welcome back to Take It to the House. This is your host, James House, and it is the Saturday before Super Bowl Sunday, so a lot is going on. I don't want to waste any time. First, I want to get into housekeeping and talk about something that is a very serious topic right now in the United States of America and post-election times with our new president. And I want to talk about making a difference in your own community, right? So, look, people have the right to protest. People have the right to speak up and stand up for what they believe is right. And that's fantastic, you know, that we live in a country and we live in a time where you won't be, I guess, thrown in jail or you aren't supposed to be looked down upon for doing things like that. So what I want to talk about, though, is taking it a step further than that. And what I want to see from these same people and from myself, too, is standing up and making a difference in your own community, right? One thing that I talk a lot about, or I did talk a lot about, too, during the election is that, you know, voting for the president is, it's important, you know, that's your right to vote and all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, the president doesn't directly affect what you're doing in your daily life, wherever you're living, whether that's where I'm in, where I am here in Florida or if you're in Texas or California, wherever you are in the United States, of course, you know, he or she will decide uh, some of the, I guess, the big laws that are going to come down and, you know, some big things that will affect your life in the long run. But who affects your daily life is what people really need to focus on and be aware of. And those would be your state governors, state senators, your mayor of your city, your city council. Those are the people that I feel people forget about. And those, again, are the people that are directly affecting what you're doing in your daily life. If your roads aren't paved or if you have street lights or stoplights that are out in your city, or if there's some sort of city ordinance or tax that you're paying that you don't agree with, the president isn't the one that's signing that into law. It's the people that you may or may not have voted for that are living a few blocks down the street from you are. So how do you make a change? Well, it has to start with your local government, right? Ask yourself, are you intertwined with what's going on in your own neighborhood? Do you even know who the mayor of your city is or who your city councilman is or your alderman or wherever you're at? They all have different names. How can you get involved in these elections locally? Do you have a chamber of commerce where you can go and speak up? Ask yourself those questions. You know, you have to set a foundation 
where you are and then build and take it up to, you know, the highest levels to be able to make a real effect. Because if you look at the protests or what's going on, you know, in our nation's capital and all that, look, somebody like me, I see that and I feel like automatically it should make a big difference, right? I see all the women that are marching, all the men that are marching, even the children that are marching. And I'm and it, me personally, I'm like, man, something needs to change. We need to do something immediately. But everybody's not me. And we have these ways and we have this system that can be used for the people and by the people to be able to, be able to make a change. But the system's not designed for a regular citizen like you or myself to go straight to the to the head and just call for a change. So I implore you, that's my SAT word for the day, implore. I implore you to go out into your community and be a leader in your community. You know, volunteer. Run for city council, run for mayor, hold some sort of elected office or position where you can make a change and speak up for those that, that can't be heard. And that's all I got to say about that. Now, let's get into some other topics. Like I said, it's the Saturday before the NFL Super Bowl 51 between the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons and Dirty Birds, right? So you got Tom Brady, Bill Belichick going for Super Bowl number five. They're trying to put a ring on each finger. And you got the Atlanta Falcons who finally, after years and years of, of people predicting that they wouldn't make it, of them having all these good teams and just – not be living up to their potential, finally made it and actually made it kind of under the radar. But the city of Atlanta deserves a champion, man. They It's been so long since they've had any team do well and be a good team. I think it's the Braves is probably the last team that's been actually good in Atlanta and been something to cheer about. But my question is, does anybody other than Patriots fans want to see New England win? Like, are there any people out there that are like, you know what? I don't want to see Atlanta win. I'd rather the Patriots win. Because I feel like the New England Patriots are probably the most hated franchise in all of sports. Deservedly so, too, probably. Because... First of all, people just hate winners, right? Teams that win all the time, people don't like. So think about all the most hated franchises or sports teams in America. You got the Patriots up there, the Yankees, uh, the Red Sox, uh, Ohio State, Buckeyes, uh, the Lakers, even though they're not winning now. But all these teams are known for just winning in their heydays or always being around and winning games. But 
none of these teams have actually been accused of and found guilty of cheating, right? I mean, there might be players here and there that have done some dirty things, but this franchise has been accused of, from top to bottom, being cheaters. Is that the only reason why people hate the Patriots? Or is it the winning? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I'm not a Patriots fan. I respect the Patriots. But I just like parody in any sport. And that's why I want the Falcons to win. That's why I think the Falcons will win. Uh, is because I just think they have an overall better team. Not a better coach. But I think from top to bottom, I think their offense is better than the Patriots. And I think that makes up for the difference in the Patriots' defense being better than the Falcons. I think if it comes down to it, I think the Falcons would put up more points than the Patriots. And that's what you got to do to win games, right? Julio Jones. I know everybody's talking about Belichick is good at taking away your best weapon and all this other crap. Look, and that's what they do. I agree. But the Falcons just have too many weapons. You take away Julio Jones, and you got other receivers, and you got multiple running backs that can just take over the game. What the Falcons need to do is on defense, they need to hit. And they need to fly around like they've been doing the last few weeks. They need to put Brady on his back. Just let them know, let him know that they're there. And they need to tackle because all Brady's going to do and all the Patriots are going to do is dip and dunk down the field and try to hit you over the head while you're sleeping. But they need to fly, fly, fly. No pun intended. And they need to knock people out and let the Patriots know that they're there to play. If they do that, I think they'll win for sure. Close game, though, I think. Uh, of course, Super Bowls usually are close games. Um I think the Falcons will win by three. I got Falcons 20 to 17. And speaking of bowls and Super Bowls and all this stuff, have you heard this nonsense with the Westminster Dog Show allowing a cat to participate? What in the world is this? We're going to have a cat in the Westminster Dog Show going up against all the dogs trying to do the same thing the dogs are doing. Look, when I first heard it, I thought it was nonsense. Well, just think about it. This cat's going to go out there and do something that cats have probably wanted to do for all their lives. He's going to be an inspiration to cats everywhere. Cats in all these households all over America are going to have a poster of this cat on their wall to be an example to be their idol, the best cat of all time. I'm rooting for this cat. I want this cat to go and just shred all these dogs and everything and just cause an uproar amongst dog lovers all over the country. I'm going for this cat, man. I can't wait to watch this, man. This is, you know, we live in a country where there should be equality amongst everything and everybody should have the opportunity to do everything that every other citizen wants to do and i'm throwing this into that mix cats and dogs should be equal and this cat 
I'm putting, I'm letting it ride on this cat, putting all my money on him because he has all the pressure to perform. This cat's going to be great. Now, let's talk about something that's not so great right now in sports. The NBA. So the NBA is kind of going through that same thing that the NFL was going through not too long ago with ratings, right? Nobody is watching the NBA right now. The NFL ended up being really good towards the end of the season. And, you know, a lot of people were watching because there was a lot of playoff scenarios that could have went down. And I think that drew from the NBA's ratings, right? But on top of that, the NBA is really not helping itself. This whole Kevin Durant to the Warriors and all these super teams and all that. Look, we already know what's going to happen. That's why people people watch the NFL and other sports because there's a chance, right? There's a chance for other teams to win or or to make runs to be able to get deep into the playoffs. But who is the NBA kidding? It's going to come down to the Warriors and the Cavaliers, right? Nobody's watching the NBA until probably April when that final playoff push is coming and a couple people, a few more people will probably start watching. But at the end of the day, nobody cares. We're going to turn on the finals and watch Kevin Durant and LeBron James go at it. But I will say the NBA is trying to get your ratings or your, your views right now, right? There's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the NBA recently that really doesn't happen a lot. LeBron James is in the mix with different people. He's going at it with, with Dan Gilbert and the owner and trying to get more players to come to Cleveland, more talent to come to Cleveland. Uh, you got LeBron James versus Charles Barkley, which was very laughable. With Charles Barkley calling out LeBron James, telling him to quit whining and all this stuff. And LeBron James, look, he gets a lot more respect from me and from a lot of people right now because in all of his years being in the NBA and being scrutinized and being chastised, he has never once retaliated. At least verbally, he hasn't retaliated. He's definitely taken it out on a lot of people and a lot of teams in the games. But he was not going to let Charles Barkley get away with this. And that's good, man, because Charles Barkley be saying some reckless stuff sometimes, man. And even Shaq had to get on him the other day and say, look, bro, you don't have any rings, man. So some things you just can't talk about. So I'm glad Le uh, LeBron James had to say something to Charles. I'm glad Charles is getting his just due, man. Charles is a funny guy, but sometimes he just be pushing it, man. But it's, it's tough, you know, for a fan like me. I'm an Orlando Magic fan, right? And it's tough for me to watch basketball right now because the Magic stink. And I thought of something the other day I want to ask you guys. Do you guys believe in tanking? And I feel like there's two different outlooks on this, right? From an owner's perspective, of course, I don't own a team. I wish I did. But from an owner's perspective, yeah, they probably want to tank. You get a better position for a draft pick. Um, this is in all sports. Uh, you potentially can get a franchise player and all that. 
But what if you're a player, right? Do you buy into all that stuff? Because I feel like all the hard work you put in in practice, you go out there in the games and you, you just you go at it for the full game. You're beating yourself up in practice and in these games. You've worked all your life for this. And ownership is telling you, or not necessarily telling you, but you get the sense that, hey, this year is not the year. We're trying to go in the draft and get another piece. What do you think about that? And is there different ways to tank? Because, you know, Philadelphia, the 76ers, we knew they were tanking. We knew they were trying to get better picks. But I look at the Orlando Magic right now. You got a good coach. You got some pieces there. But I think they're tanking, but they don't want to make it look like they're tanking, you know? I think they're playing or bad on purpose, if that makes sense. Because sometimes, some nights, they just look terrible. And I know they're not that bad. And I look at other teams, not only the Magic, there's other teams out there that just look bad. And they're really not that bad. Like, they have pieces. But I feel like that's a good thing, like, to ask. You know, like, do you believe in tanking? And how many situations, how many scenarios can you think of where tanking actually worked out in the long run? I'll give you some time. I feel like you play hard. You win games, you lose games. If you lose games, then you know what you got. Like, if you play hard every night, you evaluate your talent the best way you can, and you're like, okay, I need this piece. I need that piece, and we'll try to pick it up this way. Now, in some situations where you're just terrible all over the place, and yeah, you probably just want to tank. But I don't know if I really get the whole tanking thing from any standpoint, really. But I guess that's why I'm not an owner, and I'm just watching basketball on TV. It just does not make any sense to me.